Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard's deputy editor, Digital Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Great. And yourself? I am fine. I'm actually a little hungry right now. Oh. <laughs> My stomach is making growling noises. Um, well, the Billboard Pop Shop Pop Pop the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Now, today on the show, we've got oodles of chart news about a very busy week atop the Billboard 200. We've got a new number one album. Plus, we'll talk about how Sam Hunt earns the longest running number one hit ever on the Hot Country Songs chart with Body Like a Back Road. And how Niall Horan claims his first top 10 on the Pop Songs Airplay chart with Slow Hands. And in addition to our chart chat, we have an interview with John Mayer. John Mayer! We caught up with the singer-slash-songwriter-slash-guitar-virtuoso just before he took the stage last week for the Bud Light Dive Bar Tour and talked all about making the switch from hitting the road with Dead & Company this summer to his current solo tour, the pros and cons of the recent Search for Everything EP rollout, and even how listening to The Grateful Dead got him through a recent MRI. So obviously you have to stay tuned to hear all about that in our chat. You really have to actually stay tuned because this is like a really fun interview and Katie loves John Mayer. Yes, so this, all of the above. This, and it was it's actually a longer interview than normal, so get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or at KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Okay, so let's run the Billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat. Here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts. Number one. It's a busy week atop the Billboard 200 as we've got a brand new number one album and the entire top three are debuts. Number two, Sam Hunt spends a record 25th week, just 25 weeks, at number one on the Hot Country Songs chart with Body Like a Back Road. And number three, Niall Horan visits the top 10 of the Pop Songs Airplay chart for the very first time as a solo artist with Slow Hands. Okay, let's break down each of these individually. First up, 
Lana Del Rey debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, giving the singer-songwriter her second leader on the list. Uh, Her new album, Lust for Life, debuts atop the tally. Del Rey previously led the list with her second full-length album, uh, Ultraviolence, which premiered atop the chart back in 2014. Overall, Lust for Life is Del Rey's fifth top ten charting album. She also visited the region with her full-length debut, Born to Die, which hit number two back in 2012, the Paradise EP, which hit number 10, and her previous studio set, Honeymoon, which also reached number two back in 2015. She's uh, very familiar and fond of the number one and two spots on the chart. It's actually a really busy week at the top of the Billboard 200 as the entire top three are all debuts because Tyler, the creator, and Meek Mill also start in the top three. Um, Industry forecasters actually had expected a close race among the three albums uh, with any of them potentially finishing on top. And actually all three of the albums performed better than expected. Next up, picture it. It's February 2017. It was still wintertime in America. Moonlight or La La Land hadn't yet won the Oscar for Best Picture. Chuck Berry and Don Rickles were still alive. President Donald Trump had only been in office a few weeks, and Sam Hunt's Body Like a Back Road hit number one on the Hot Country Songs chart. Well, here we are, 25 weeks later, and Body Like a Back Road is still number one. In fact, with its 25th week atop the chart, it breaks the record for the most weeks at number one in the history of the chart. And the chart's been around for, like... 58 years now? Yeah. Just a little while. Um, Hunt breaks the record set by Florida Georgia Line's Cruise, which racked up 24 weeks at number one back in 2012 and 2013. Florida Georgia Line also has two of the longest-running number ones in total, um, as the duo's Holy spent 18 weeks at number one back in 2016. So is is Florida Georgia Line just that big? Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or... (laughs) Has the chart changed at all Um, in the recent years? Thank you for asking that question, Katie. Um, Actually, since 2012, the chart has been what we call a hybrid chart here at Billboard, um, as the chart blends sales, streams, and airplay to determine what are the most popular country songs uh, of the week. Um, It's the same way the Hot 100 has worked um, for a while. And in fact, the Hot 100 has always been a hybrid chart. Um, Before we had streams in it, we had just sales and airplay. Now we have streams and sales and airplay. So the Hot Country Songs chart works basically like the Hot 100. And because of how it works, songs can spend a greater amount of time at number one. Uh, Before 2012, the Hot Country Songs chart was a chart based solely on radio airplay, which meant we'd have some pretty quick turnover at number one and relatively few songs that would have an extended amount of time at number one. That's why we're seeing all these songs spins forever at number one because it's sales, streams, and airplay. But we still have a country airplay chart, like right. which we have each week on the chart. And, you know, and you know, there's a lot of turnover at the top of that chart. Body Like a Back Road did really well there, too. It did, actually. So this isn't just like a streaming and sales phenomenon. It actually was a huge airplay hit, too. Um, lastly, Niall Horan becomes the second member of One Direction to hit the top 10 on the pop song's airplay chart as his second single, Slow Hands, rises from number 13 to number 10. It was up 12% in plays at the format in the week ending July 30th, according to Nielsen Music. The song also simultaneously surpasses the peak of his debut hit, This Town, which topped out at number 12 back in January. 
So is Niall the first uh, non-Zane member of One Direction <laughs> to be in the top ten? It's a very very uh, limited category. Are you a non-Zane member? I mean, I guess we could just say, is he the only current One cur- Direction true. member? Yes. <laughs> um, indeed, uh, Harry Styles hit number 12 with Sign of the Times on the pop songs chart. Uh, Louis Tomlinson hit number 35 with Just Hold On. And Liam Payne is actually edging closer to the top 10 with Strip That Down, which rises 16 to 14 this week. Um, Zane, of course, formerly of One Direction, hit number one with Pillow Talk last year and then reached number two earlier this year with his Taylor Swift duet, I Don't Want to Live Forever. Required to sing that title. You just feel like you need to, <laughs> even even though I can't sing. Uh, well. So is it time for John Mayer? It's time for John Mayer. <laughs> So uh, here is our chat with uh, Mr. John Mayer, who hit the stage last week at the Echoplex in L.A. for the Dive Bar Tour. And I got a chance to sit down with him to talk all about touring with Dead & Company this summer before resuming his own Search for Everything tour and how he had to kind of rewire his brain to make that switch. Uh, Plus, we chatted about the EP rollout of his latest album and the pros and cons of that release schedule. And we even co-wrote a country song together wait, at wait, the end of the conversation. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm expecting big things from this country collaboration. And I'm expecting full credit on his next album. <laughs> yes. Um, so here is our delightful chat with John Mayer. Love on the weekend. Love on the weekend. I hate your guts because I'm loving every minute of it. Hello to John Mayer and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> We're talking right before you take the stage for your first uh, dive bar tour stop. And you've been on the road since the spring on your own tour and with Dead & Co. But yeah. this is a totally different show. So kind of how did you prep this set list compared to the others? Um, well, you know, I have a lot to draw from now that I've made so many different kinds of records. Uh, which at first I wasn't quite sure why I was doing it. But it's a little scary in the moment. But then you look back and you go, oh, I can pull a lot of different feels from... Uh, uh, feels of music, not feels like feelings. Uh, different music feels. <laughs> also feels like feelings. Um, and so it just makes sense for a night like tonight. You pull your um, barrel house blues, rock and roll, s- guitar solo stuff, that groove heavy stuff. Um, yeah. If it were if it were the coffee house tour, then I would be doing a different thing. I'd be going a little deeper into the acoustic side, the lyrical thing. But I think t- tonight's about. Um, the way that drums and electric guitar and bass sound in a club, which is my favorite sound in the world. Yeah. Like, and they just sound different. The, in you the, started like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I started uh, as an acoustic guy, and I would travel with my PA and set up at the bookstores and next to the coffee grinders and sit there, and, and sometimes I would play the same songs twice because I had to make a certain quota of time for the set. And, and then I got into... I, I might have gone back to get that club thing with the trio... Because I did sort of go from the acoustic scenario to signing a record deal and then ending up on the road with a band. So I didn't necessarily get a ton of the rock band club thing, but then I went back and got it with the trio thing. I feel like I got my master's in that because we did clubs with the trio. So I'm really excited to go back to that. Yeah, I'm excited. And what's kind of the biggest difference between playing a small room like tonight versus these arenas you've been on over the last few months? Maybe the only difference is the way that the resonance works in the air. I don't have an. I'll play for one person, or I'll play for a thousand or hundred thousand people. It doesn't. People are like, you can't play for hundred thousand people. I'm like, that's true. 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm what sure I, you have. Actually. Maybe somewhere <laughs> in the long line, I played a hundred thousand people, but um, I don't really. I that's the same for me. You yeah. know, it's the I'm throwing out the same energy, but I feel like the arena. There's more room for the for the sound waves to kind of bloom and float. That's what I really like about arenas. Yeah. And here it's a little bit like uh, the gloves are off. The, the the sound waves they don't get an opportunity to get like to to blossom. They to just stop. come right at you. It's a little yeah. bit yeah. It's a street fight. Yeah. It's a street fight. <laughs> Tonight will be a street fight. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, so you're on your search for everything tour right now. Yeah. Um, you had a show last night. You got one tomorrow night. Uh, I'm wondering with with the gradual rollout of the the EPs for mm-hmm. Search for Everything, does it feel like fans are kind of more familiar with with all this new music because they got it in kind of bite sized chunks? There were pros and cons to doing it for sure, but the pros outweigh the cons. So it definitely made them more familiar with it once I got on the tour at the very beginning. Okay. So what we gained from doing it was that, and it was what I expected. I was. I wanted to have is that I didn't want the record to just show up for a week and disappear. Right. So it is elongated, which is good. The downside of it being elongated is that the messaging is a little wonky. So no one's people still call it like search for everything wave two. Right. And people are still it's very difficult to wrangle people's point of view, you know, people's perception or reception of something if you're doing it three different times. Even right. Even though it's a complete project. Yeah. Now. So it's going to be messy because you don't you can't expect the audience the, at large to be present for each message you send right, right? so there's all there's going to be a little confusion however so it's a little it's a little bit messy but what was most important to me and what was very successful is that it stayed uh, in people's awareness oh, because yeah. there's not as many tools today as there used to be in keeping a record afloat it's just really difficult to get in someone's attention span stream you know yeah and so, you know, like even the album cover, the way people use the album cover sometimes in articles, like it's not even the album cover. It's like <laughs> it's, one of those it's a EPs. picture I put up on Instagram with like the nine panels and one of the my forehead's too big on one of them. Will you please put this on your website? I will. will I'll, get it, point, I'll get it off Billboard.com now. Point to this really. No, I want people to see this really bad photo that people think is my album cover. But it's the nine. It's like when you put up the big Instagram grid on your feed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. one of them is like like someone took it and like made the forehead too big. And everyone's like, this is his album cover. So you lose control of the messaging. Sure. But you gain a little bit of a larger blast of making sure people find out about it. Definitely. Because, I mean, it is a meritocracy, right? Like. Yeah, good stuff gets listened to, theoretically, but it's also, like, an aware-autocracy, right? Like, I just came up with that, so don't get mad at me. It's an aware-autocracy, right? It's like... Like the Paramore record's the best record. Like that, re- it's the best rock record of the year. It's a great. It's ridiculously album. good. It's the, the Paramore record is my favorite song. And it is too under the radar. It's too under the radar yeah. because the way the radar works, what do they have available? Yeah. You know, they're they're a band. They're on the road. They're do- like, where are the modules for them to sort of get their music across? Right. And it, and hopefully, it's like other artists saying like, I listen to this record daily. If you wonder where all the pop hooks went in music they're on paramore's record Haley is singing them right she now. took them all <laughs> she took them all the band took them all there's better guitar playing on that record there's some of the best pop guitar playing i've ever heard is on that record and now john mayer's co-signed the paramore album so and i want that, there you go attention. because it's good for everybody when yeah. when when great stuff look kendrick lamar damn that's an amazing record and that's getting rightfully all all the all the the notoriety that it deserves right um Paramore's record is as good as Damn is as a pop rock record. It's 
just really hard to get it to people. Yeah. It's just the avenues are, are just closed off right now. And so artists are just going to have to find other ways without... And the, the, the downside is it makes you look like you're, um, you're being manipulative when all you're trying to do is like, look, behind every record is like a hundred. For me, it was more like 600 dinner breaks. <laughs> right. You know, like so much time goes into these records that artists don't want to see their record come out on a, on a, on a Thursday night and be gone the next Thursday night right. because now that's what I call Christmas comes out or... You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's really difficult. And charts are funny right now because they're not a singles chart. They're just the way that everything's become, you know, dismembered mm. in terms of tracks coming off of records. It's like y- y- there's no way to tell if your song is doing better because it's higher or lower on the charts. If it's Christmas time or if, you know, a new record comes out and it's popular and all 12 songs get put in the charts yeah, you really yeah. artists ha- are gonna have to start not looking at charts to tell them much well although you set a chart record with this release because you had three number ones on our top rock albums chart in a single year which no one has ever that, done before that feels that feels like a technicality to me <laughs> <laughs> don't you do this all for the chart records right like, yeah no I, 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 I it's it's funny there's there's you know what you know what i was thinking about the other day is like i was doing a meet and greet and someone came up to me and they said uh you're my Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, man. And it really moved me. Yeah. And I thought back on, I mean, that's the, one of the most moving things anyone ever said to me. There's no chart to tell you that. And there's no chart to show you the number of people, kids or not, who are listening to your music and shedding away on their guitar hoping to be just like you. Yeah. There's no chart that shows you that. Uh, because for me growing up, Stevie Ray Vaughan had passed away already. Yeah. There was no chart. He wasn't putting records out, but he changed my life. And I would go to the bookstore and stand there and just read the articles in these, these posthumous interviews, you know. Not, not that the interviews are posthumous, but these posthumously printed interviews. And there's no way to tell an artist that through a chart. And so I've started to look at charts as one metric yeah. and listen to someone who's 17 years old who says, you're my Stevie Ray Vaughan. That means he read my interviews and he read Stevie's interviews and he goes, you are to me who Steve Ravon was to you. And I, I, I could never have there's gotten no that feeling from it. There's no chart. There's yeah. no empirical chart for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of some heroes of yours, you've been playing with dead and company now for a couple, like almost a couple of years. Yeah. Um, is it still just as surreal to kind of get on stage with them and play these songs? Or, or are you now like feeling like okay, I'm part of this this new? new it's surreal in a different yeah. It's surreal in a different way. I know I belong there now. Right. I know we belong there. We are a tribe. We're a band. We're, we are we bonded on this tour in a way. People really found that they had tenure. Yeah. <laughs> There's a different way you play when you've gone th- and you know we. How many have you done? Seventy five shows maybe. That only really gives you like. I mean, how many wax at each song? Maybe a dozen wax at each song yeah. <laughs> because of how many songs the we have. Changes all you know, time, yeah. so I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe twenty right. takes on it, but but, <laughs> but at the most on the popular ones. So it takes a while to learn your way around the tunes, to learn your way around the experiences, so that you can play with a little bit of authority mm-hmm. and not like, do I have the gig? Yeah. And this was the first year I think we all played like, no, we have the gig, so yeah. let's explore. It is surreal no longer as an experience of playing with these mu- these right. musicians but it is it will always be surreal to enter grateful dead airspace musically yeah. i get to 
enter Grateful Dead airspace. I mean, uh, uh, Trey's been able to do it. I've been able to do it. I mean, Warren Haynes has been able to do it. Uh, you know, anybody who's really played music of Grateful Dead can enter that airspace. But to anyone who's played with the original members in any capacity, I'm sure they'll all tell you the same thing. It's it's zero gravity. Yeah. I mean, you're you're in the jungle gym. You know, and I think we now have learned how to get around in it. And um, I think we're all playing like we got the job. And ultimately, that means for me, pulling back. Like the last show of the Den Company tour was my final exam for this thing I've been trying to do, which is pulling back. When you think that you're playing slow, you're still too fast. Mm -hmm. Changing your speedometer. And the last gig we did at Wrigley Field... um, I watched back some of the video and I went, that's what I've been trying to do since uh, October 29th, 2015, in Albany, New York, when I first got on stage. I was trying to play July 1st, 2017, <laughs> you know. And, and, and we'll, we'll see where it takes us even from here on out. Yeah. But I'll, I'll share with you this. Something very profoundly emotional hit me at the end of that run where I said, this is my calling now. We don't we're not going to try to put a cap on this. We're going to try to do this as much as we can. Yeah. This is this is a blessing in life, and uh, we're not going to block it. So we're going to do as many shows as we can. Yeah, We're going to do as many shows as we can. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I got to go to the Bull Show, one of them, the, with my parents. Which who, show? They raised me on Grateful Dead, Hollywood Oh, Bowl. the Bull Show. Oh, yeah, which yeah. one? Um, the one, one with the bomb threat. The, bombs, the bomb threat. If you'd like me to <laughs> No, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's a pretty... <laughs> That's a pretty good handle, shorthand for which which show it is. Yeah, that was really fun for me because I had been really um, embraced by the music and learning the music while I was driving through those hills. You know, like yeah. commuting back and forth every day from the studio or back to my house, or I'd be listening to that music. And so, anytime you get to play the music in the place you discovered it, it's a full circle event. And that those two shows were great. Hollywood Night Two was sort of the night we were like, oh, here we go. Oh, man. No bomb scares. Well, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to tonight, and uh, good luck on the rest of your tour. Did you get all your questions? I, no, of course not. Ask but me like, one more. <laughs> one more? Yeah, ask me okay, one more. But, 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 you know, be fair. I, I did, don't, don't go to the, your, your last question. I'm going to the last Because the last question the last is always, question. the last question is always the one you're like, <laughs> yeah. if I feel like I can get away with it, I'll ask. Don't ask that question. I promise not to do ask that. Ask one more from the top okay, of the list. Okay, here it is. Um, how does your mindset have to shift when you go from playing with Dead & Company to back to your own solo tour? Um, do you change things yes. at all? Yeah, so like, how does it shift? Um, well, I sort of look at myself as like, having to do brain surgery on myself <laughs> for these things. And it's sort of like non-invasive, like, you know, like neural retracing of, like, my brain waves. Just a partial lobotomy? It really is. Okay. It's like it's like I have to go home and, like, redraw synaptic paths. I need to, basically, I'm, it's like a patch bay. And I go, okay, you've got to unplug from this and replug into that. And the time between unplugging from the spirit of Dead & Company and plugging back into the spirit of what I do... It's very difficult, and it's very emotional, and it's very depressing. Yeah. Because you, we went to the moon, man. We went to the moon. That band this summer went to the moon, and then you got to come home, and then you go to Disneyland. You're like, hey, we're at Disneyland. I'm like, still not the moon, <laughs> but I'll forget the moon at some point, and remember that like Disneyland is magical. So bring on the electric light parade, but it's still no moon. 
And so you just have to forget, you know, it's like a wonderful love that you have to get over and go like, well, look, we got to give other people a chance until you go back to the until you go back. So I'm, I'm a man. I have two families. Yeah. And um, and I hold I hold it so dear. I've got Grateful Dead shirts on the on the table. I was I was picking up. I'm still buying stuff from the Internet, like (laughs) still buying vintage. I'm buying like vintage Grateful Dead shirts just to, just so I can wear them to bed, man. Like I'm a guy, I got it bad. I'm attached to this really bad. I I, I want to tell you a story about about how this band affects me. I went and had an MRI on my back because okay. I'm having back issues. It's going to be fine. MRI's fine. It turns out I have the back of a 40 year old. And I'm 39. That's fair. And. Anyone who's done a closed MRI can tell you it's like almost a torture device. There's no way to really comfortably do it. You've got to hold on to your happy place. And they get they give me the ball to squeeze. They're like, if you, they're so aware that you're going to freak out. They're like, here's the thing you take, here's the you squeeze if you freak out, you know. And they were like, we're going to give you headphones. You can listen to whatever you want. Oh, what do you want to hear on Sirius? I go, give me Channel 23. Give me Grateful Dead. So they put the headphones on me and they start pushing me into the thing you know and they check the music music and they and it's it's hor- i'm 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 you know people talk about adulting one of the most thi- adult things you have to pull out of yourself is rolling into like sliding into an mri and realizing that this tube is like two in- like an inch away from your nose my eyes are closed and i'm like okay we can do this i'm in a gown and the trucking comes on and it's a really good trucking and i started crying because also it's just you're in a gown and your kid comes out. I don't mean penis. I really didn't mean that. I mean you're just your kid, you know. You're like your vulnerability comes out. And there's nobody to tell you it's going to be okay. But trucking is playing. And it's like really tinny. Sounds as if there's a microphone up to another speaker playing the serious thing. It's like they're, they're, not, they're not a radio station. They're, 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 a, they're a medical imaging center. And I'm listening to trucking. And I start crying out. I'm laying down. So tears just start flowing out of my eyes because it made me feel so much better. And it made me draw on my experiences of this band, which I hadn't really come to terms with the fact that I was sad to leave it. And it was like a teddy bear. You know the way you cry when someone takes care of you? when you were, It's like you cry after being made feel better? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You cry from the hug. Yeah. You didn't cry from the stress. From you the cried comfort. from the release. You cried yeah. from the comfort. Mm-hmm trucking was on and I knew it was going to be okay and I thought about how much I love this I started crying and I cr- and I, by the end of it I was smiling and crying listening to and which is my ringtone now and and I went I love this music this has changed my life and this is the music that comforts the world when they know this music and I was in the most uncomfortable situation you can physically be in listening to the most comforting thing that you could ever listen to. And the mashup of these two things, mm-hmm. I came out of that thing, my eyes were dry, I was relaxed, and I was like, this is the music that's changed my life. It's just changed my life. Yeah. And, and if it does that for me, what does it do for someone who's on the road on, in a truck? Yep. For, you know, and you're part of it on stage, and they're part of and it I'm part in of their it, car. Yep. And I have a little piece of it, but I don't have a piece of it. <laughs> it has me, like... I don't have a piece of it. I, 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 get to fl- I get to bring that to people, but when I'm in an MRI, I'm not in that band. Right. That, that's Jerry, right. and that's right, right. Bobby, and that's right. 77 or 78 or 79 or whatever I was listening to, and people are deadheads like, you should be able to tell by now. 
it maybe it was 78 or 79 or something like that. And I was like, no, 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 no. This, this, is, this feeds me. Like, even though I have a part of this, these giant hands come around me and hold me. I don't, I don't, to be in it, to be in most things, like, if you were super into, like, Game of Thrones, I bet Ed Sheeran now looks at Game of Thrones differently because he was on it. So, like, but he, he still doesn't feel like he is Game of Thrones. No, but he's still <laughs> probably like, he's still probably like, oh, yeah, Doug probably shot that scene. You know what I mean? He's probably watching Game of Thrones a little differently. But for me, I don't listen to Grateful Dead. I, it still affects me as if I've never met Bob Weir. That's incredible yeah. and that's important. I'm getting looked at. I was going to say, I'm going to make you late I'm for like getting looked at tonight. But I'm a rep. But I'm a rebel. I'm going to get in trouble. But this is the, this is the way I rebel, is telling stories about the MRI where I was crying. Well, I really appreciate your rebellion was used on this podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> thank you. Right? It's totally true, thank man. Thank you. Thank it's you. Totally thank you. totally true. <laughs> All right. If I'm going to see you tonight, I have to let you go. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool country song title. If I'm going to see you tonight... Gotta let you know if I'ma see you tonight. Gotta let you go. And we just wrote a hit. Yeah, we did. Podcast, Let's put it on the charts. Let's get it on the charts. The all important charts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I still feel like so much to John Mayer for sitting down with me. Um, the Search for Everything tour continues through August 22nd in Syracuse, New York, so you still have some chances to check it out. Or after hearing about the Dive Bar Tour concert um, in our interview, feel free to head over to Bud Light's Facebook page and you can watch the whole thing and experience it like you were there with me. As long as you're, what, like 21 and over? Yeah, I, I think that you can visit the Facebook page without being. Oh, really? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So let us know, 18-year-old listeners. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> and also, John Mayer was very kind. He actually gave us more time than we anticipated. Uh, as you'll hear, as you heard in the conversation, I, I said goodbye. I said my goodbyes. And then it continued on for another, like, seven minutes. So, gotta, sorry, publicist. Gotta love John Mayer. <laughs> no, I mean, thank you, publicist. Yeah, You're very you, publicist. kind. <laughs> well, now it is time for the chart stat of the week. <laughs> Katie, can you handle this? I don't think I can handle this. Woo! I'm assuming that's where we're going with this. Exactly. <laughs> well, this week in 2001, Destiny's Child got its fourth and so far final number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Bootylicious. The Stevie Nicks' sampling tune, let's say that five times fast, the Stevie <laughs> Nicks sampling tune rose to the top of the list dated August 4th, 2001, and spent a total of two weeks atop the tally. Destiny's Child made its Hot 100 debut with No, No, No in November of 1997, and nabbed its first number one in 1999 with Bills, Bills, Bills. They also scored number ones with Say, 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 My, 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 <laughs> Name, 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 oh, Just Say My Name, and Independent Women Part 1. As for Bootylicious, the song's memorable guitar riff that repeats through the song is actually a sample of the opening guitar riff from Stevie Nicks' 1982 hit, Edge of Seventeen. Classic guitar riff. Fun fact, thanks to the sample... Nick's got a songwriting credit on Bootylicious, which gave her a second number one as a songwriter on the Billboard Hot 100. Her first number one? 
Fleetwood Mac's only number one hit, Dreams, back in 1977. And wasn't she in the Bootylicious video briefly, too? Did yes, she was. Yeah, I totally forgot about that until you were just talking about it. I forgot about that, too. There's, yeah. a, there's, there was like a... a Her on a guitar. There's, yeah, there's a series of moments. I'm not sure if she can actually play guitar, well, either. Well, she's playing it in the Bootylicious video. Yeah, she, I'm pretty sure she did not play guitar on the Edge of Seventeen. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you watch, you can see Stevie Nicks in the video for Bootylicious. Um, and there you have it. This week in 2001, Destiny's Child topped the Hot 100 with Bootylicious. <laughs> um, well, we have reached the end of our shoe, our really big shoe. <laughs> um, do we have any parting words? Well, sort of, actually. We, normally, <laughs> never we have don't. Parting words. We never have parting words. I usually just have parting songs. But I actually like have sort of an announcement yes. to make. <laughs> Tell us. <What>? Um, <laughs> not to scare people who are still listening. Um, but this is my second to last show before I take a brief pause. And by brief, I mean like three months. Because I'm going to have a baby in a Yay! few weeks. She's having a baby. <laughs> so I definitely interviewed John Mayer eight and a half months pregnant <laughs> for those keeping track. And uh, was told that I would have to name the baby John if I conceived, or if I had the baby, rather, at the show. Oh. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen, so sorry, John. John's it's, still a nice name, it's, though. It's, an, it's a lovely name. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best to get Katie uh, here while she's on maternity leave. Uh, we, can, we can have her call in and we'll do see. phoners with us. Yeah. You can, you can do... It's going to be a little busy. <laughs> you can do interviews with uh, people about lullabies and... Well, holding the baby. Baby music. Um, but Katie will be back. Um, but uh, and you may actually hear her on interviews that we may have recorded. Yeah, there are some future <laughs> interviews that will come, so I won't be out of your she'll, hair right away. And you can still tweet her if you have any questions. Yes, you can. My Twitter will stay active for the next three months. That's not going away. Um, so what song should we go out on? Oh man, "Baby Baby" by Amy Grant or "Baby Baby Baby" by TLC. <laughs> sure, which you you pick it. You're the lady with the baby. If I'm choosing between Amy Grant and TLC, gonna go TLC. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> Okay, see you guys next time. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.